Hi, I'm Tan Lei, Head of Media at Aspiring Asia. And in this episode of our podcast, I chat with Bambi, our co-founder and team lead, on the topic of leadership and management. Is the hierarchical style in Asia better or worse when compared to the modern team-first attitudes in the West? You are listening to the Aspiring Asia podcast. Recorded in Helsinki, Finland. Okay, Bambi, how are you today? Hey, Dan, I'm doing good. How are you? I am really well. Mm, let me ask you, what are you thinking about in terms of Aspiring Asia? What is the latest thing on your mind? Latest thing on my mind is uh, how to become a better leader for all of my teams uh, mm. that I'm leading at the moment. Because I think that uh, what I'm trying to to build whatever I'm trying to build, whether it's a for-profit or non-profit, I think I'm trying to build a network and a network of change makers, a network of leaders who are empowering other people to also become leaders. So all the time I question myself whether I am already like a leader um, as I want to be. So uh, that, that, is the, that is the thought that is always in my mind. Okay. Who do you look up to as a leader? Is there anybody out there who you think is a good leader? Uh, let me see. Mm. I mean, if you don't have somebody that you look up to as a leader, that's also fine. I was just curious. I think that I have, but um, usually I don't consider uh, people as like idols or, or something. Mm, like, okay. uh, there are many people that, uh, are doing good and I I want to follow the example and I want to learn from them I like um, it so what you mean is you rather look at it on a situational basis rather than like just a person because because yes, people it, change Pe people you know we're constantly changing exactly. so there's um, no point in saying this person is my favorite person because if you really want to be specific, this person does not exist because he's already changed. In you know, every moment we're changing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you speak my words. Um, I think it's important for me to realize that uh, everyone has has their own goods and bads. So I usually tend to not idolize anyone, no matter how good that person is. Uh, That's good. Appearing to to the outside world because I know that that person, just like anyone else, has their own uh, problems, has their own flaws. So I learn from whatever good or bad things about that person, good things so that I could apply, bad things so that I could avoid uh, repeating the same mistake uh, that they did. Other than that, I I don't hold anyone uh, in an idolized position. Yeah, I think that's smart, and it's. It's quite a mature way of looking at it. It is difficult. I don't know. It doesn't come to me instinctively because I like to, when I, if I have a favorite person, that person is my favorite person. And I have to remind myself, okay, you know, don't idolize, especially growing up. You know, I used to idolize musicians, sports mm. stars, and I still do. Like the same people that I used to idolize as a kid, I still look up to them. 
but I think I've chosen wisely. <laughs> so I think this, but we all think that. So I don't know. But I like I like your philosophy, which is you don't actually blindly follow one or two people. You so you just look at the traits. Yeah, I think I look at their actions. Uh, I look mm. at how they treat other people. So I don't I don't just like look at them as a whole because. I, I don't have access to their whole life anyway, so I cannot True. like um, summarize the whole situation. But no, uh, you're assuming have, so much. Yeah. So whenever I have uh, a, a chance to be exposed to that person, then I try to learn the best from them. Like, mm. okay, not just the best, but also the bad thing so that I, I learn from their mistake. And if something that I don't like about that, person mm. then i know that okay i don't want to repeat the same mistake for example okay in that case what do you think is a useful skill to have to be a good leader what is a common trait that all good leaders have or most good leaders have uh for me i think empathy i think that um that is um, a trait that is a little bit uh, underrated when it comes to the leadership qualities. Mm. Because I think that uh, there are so many good managers out there, but there are not so many good leaders yet. Uh, and a manager is so different than a leader. I, I feel like um, manager, they know what they are doing. They are good at what they are doing. Mm. But Uh, maybe they don't have the ability to inspire people, to empower people, to uh, take whatever best from someone and make it even better. Uh, I feel like a leader, a real leader would have that uh, ability. And in order to do that, you need to have empathy. You need to like put yourself in other people's shoes so mm. that you understand their position, uh, their thinking. And then empathize with them, and uh, instead of like um, giving orders and and making blind decisions, but rather like listening to others and then bring their full potential higher. Mm. So I think that the empathy is the is the skill that uh, can do that from a leader. Do you think people without this skill, people without empathy can still get into leadership positions i think yes because uh usually they tend to assume that someone is in leadership position just by the social status just by the titles i mean the leadership position can be confused with the like the manager position mm. and like as soon as you are like a manager of a group Like, like a team leader of a group, then they can assume that you are already a leader. But I think that it's too easy. <laughs> uh, leadership is difficult. And I don't think that anyone can master that. We can always try to get better at it. But there's no like perfect leader. Because leaders are people too. And they need to make mistakes and learn from that. So there's no such perfect leader. Do you think there's a difference in the way people lead here in Finland compared to Asia? Definitely. Uh, I experienced that firsthand because before coming to Finland, 
Mm. I was already working in a company, let's say a corporation in Vietnam for like a year. Mm. But before that, before that, I used to even work in many different places as well. So definitely there's a big difference. Uh, there's a lot more hierarchy in Vietnam. And um, as an employee or as, as a team member, you are not often asked for opinion. You are, yes. you are just given the order and you just execute. Your job is to do it well or do it even better than what you are expected. But yep. you are and not you're not allowed to question. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what happened. So there's a big difference in there. So for me, in a sense, yeah, uh, it might work for some people, but I don't think it has worked for me because I feel like um, creativity and sense of freedom, sense of uh, responsibilities are missing from that picture. Uh, so the person in question is not at their full potential if they are put under that leadership. That mm. kind of leadership. Yeah, I agree. And also, the way I see it, it works for each place. For example, here in the West, it works to have um, that kind of leadership where everybody is a team and, you know, everybody's welcome and they less of a hierarchy. In, in Asia, the hierarchy system works because I think... They're really strict on merit because that system can only work mm. if the leaders are good, like meaning they know what they're doing and they have the specific hard skills for the team or the company to thrive and grow. So the leaders really take a lot of responsibility and that's the only way it can work because if you're not allowed to question the leader, then that leader better know the way, right? Better have those skills. Here, you're allowed to question the leader. And when things go wrong, the leader doesn't take all the blame. Mm. I think that um, it's actually a changing now when the new generations have been pretty active in, uh, for example, opening their own company mm. and they're more exposed to, let's say, the Western standard. And again, Western standard is not like the standard that everyone should follow, but I think there are some good things about that that we should acknowledge which is the um, the, um, the equality so so i think that um, it's changing especially companies being built by young people and those young people have been exposed to like some outsider standards so i think the um, the water is changing in there and i think it's a good sign yeah i think so because it's it's never a bad idea to get ideas from the whole team. I think it's always a good idea. <laughs> Even though, of course, sometimes the decisions can take longer to be made because you have so many different opinions. Good but point. But the more heads you have at the table, then the more ideas you have. And from those ideas, then, of course, we will have the, uh, the better ideas and then the best ideas. So... We always need to have more opinions and more heads at the table. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but if you want it fast, I think there is a saying, if you want it fast, do it alone. But if you want the best, then... Mm, what is the quote? Hold on, let me let me look it up. Well, I don't need to look I it know, up. I know, I know. But, but, but uh -huh. the general idea is 
Yeah, if if one person is making all the decisions, and if that one person is extremely talented and intelligent and competent, then you gotta fall in. I look at Singapore; it was essentially built by one man, right? And if you look at here, what you're talking about, which is, I like the point you made, which is, yeah, decisions will take longer because it's decision by committee is always. The least efficient way to make a decision, so you can look at it that way. Places like China, you know, the growth, the speed of growth, even Vietnam, the speed of growth of these Asian economies—they—they've moved fast, which means only a few people are making the decisions, and they happen to be the right decisions. So they're growing really fast, and they're developing, developing. Here, it's slowing down a little bit. The growth of Western economies is slow because. Everybody's opinion counts, and the bureaucracy takes. It's very slow. That's There true. Is that That's to true. Consider. Mm, now, now I think about it. That uh, even now in my company, many decisions are being made by the team, and we want to hear everyone's opinion. So that's why it, it takes longer. But I think it's good. Uh, I think it provides the employees the sense of uh, responsibility, the sense of belonging. The sense that they are making a difference within the company, and that's what it makes difference between like a small company or a startup mm. versus a big corporation. Mm. Um, in my team, we have like a very decentralized decision-making power. Mm. So we want to get everyone's opinion before we make the decision. But of course, we cannot ask like for every single small uh, opinion or small decisions. But uh, on big decisions, so it shows the sense of uh, belonging. It shows the sense of responsibility, and yeah. the sense that the employee is making a big change, a big difference in the company. So I think that uh, it's it's a good thing, right? About, uh, having the that, decentralized a, decision making power. Very well put. So which is why. Western and especially Nordic societies, they rank really high in employee satisfaction and you know just this general happiness index. Everybody feels valuable. But what yes. does Asia rank high in? Just super fast economy growth. <laughs> so, mm. and that sums it up. It's like, do you want to be a fast-moving startup, or do you want to be a corporation full of happy people? Or can you have a mix of both? You know, can you think like a startup and have yeah. the happiness of a Nordic society? Mm. Ideally, uh, we should have both, <laughs> um, so that we can enjoy the benefits of both in there. But I understand that uh, startups will eventually, if they go any longer then they will eventually become a big company and then they will have all the processes and then things will become slow within that company so it's it's just uh, how it is it's just a timeline and another key word is risk i think it's it's the risk of failing when when it's a larger team you're reducing the risk you're managing the risk when you're the one when you're confident as a solo As the leader, as the single leader, the the top decision maker, and you're confident that your decision is right, and everybody has to follow you, and you're not going to take anybody's advice, then there's a risk. And if you take that risk, 
and you succeed, then obviously you're going to be moving faster and growing faster than everybody else because the decision-making process is so fast and the results are coming and you get that feedback loop really quickly. But there's a risk that it, because it's just one person's point of view. So that's why that one person has to be extremely competent if that's what you're going to do. And I'm a huge fan of Lee Kuan Yew, who is the founding father of Singapore. And he, you know, he literally built Singapore as a one-man party, as a single-party government. Mm. Mm, same as China. So, and you could argue that their system has worked because they've come out of poverty so quickly. So you can argue that that system does work if if the leadership knows what they're doing or has a has a clear vision and is determined mm. to get it. Exactly. I don't want to get too political, but you could argue that their system works. You could also argue the other side. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that uh, each, each uh, type of government has their own like strength. Mm. Uh, either it's one party or uh, multiple parties. Um, I think it has both good and bad. But uh, I think that it has also so much or it depends also on the leader. Like, um, yeah, no absolutely. Matter, yeah, no matter how strong or wealthy a country is, if it falls into the hand of a bad leader, then uh, things are gone <laughs> forever. Right, that's so, what I mean. So it's the risk. There is plenty of examples of dictatorships where the country just suffers, it just goes down. And there are some examples of dictatorships where the country is prosperous. But with a proper democracy and freedom, then you're not going to get an extremely, you know, rich society, but it's also not going to be extremely poor. You know, you just get that balance, which is what the Nordic countries have, I guess. Mm, yes. It's a simplified way of looking at it, but that's that's a simplified version. Yes. Okay, so in closing, back to your leadership. So you've been thinking about this a lot. How would you describe, what kind of leadership skills do you want to improve on? That's a good question. Um, sometimes I thought that I have the very clear answer already, but sometimes I'm just confused by mm. <laughs> what kind of I completely of relate. Yeah, but I think that for these very moments, I mm. want to become an empowering leader. There are many people who look up to someone and I don't I don't want to be the person who people will idolize like as I mentioned that I don't like the, the word idol in there mm. but uh, there are young people who are clueless about their life and they just need someone to kind of be the guiding um, person for them like providing mm. them with some uh, mentorship some um, guidance and also uh, empowering them. So I, I, I don't want to be like a superstar, mega leader who will run like many big companies and run the office being the president because I think it's like a little bit too much of responsibilities to me. Mm. But I, I think that I would be more comfortable in leading a small team and uh, make a difference within that team um, and be close to my own team members 
and making sure that I treat them with dignity, treat them with uh, empathy, uh, treat them the way as I want to be treated. So uh, I strive to be that person, leading with empathy, leading with dignity, and uh, leading with empowerment. Cool, cool. Well, let's talk again in six months' time and see how how you've progressed on this. Yes, I'm very excited uh, on on who I am going to be in six months' time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, to the listeners, tune back in in six months to find out. Yep. <laughs> All right. You Thank, you, Bam- <laughs> Thank you, Bambi. Thank you, Bambi. Thank you, Dan. It was a good talk. Thank you for listening to the Aspiring Asia podcast. Please subscribe for more episodes.